0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's time. It's time to hit the ice penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your penguin only on fifth Avenue face off welcome back into fifth avenue face off chris mack of 93.7 the fan and the fan morning show with you several times a week as the penguins continue their push for what we all just presumed was going to be a 17th consecutive appearance in the stanley cup playoffs but that now well doesn't look so certain if even likely thanks to eric tangrady for joining uh if you somehow skip to the middle of the podcast you can go back to the beginning and listen to that be sure to subscribe by the way why don't you inside your odyssey app A U D A C Y, and uh wherever you get your podcast be sure to leave a rating and review as well we appreciate it a little uh penguins podcast crossover here as the host of locked on penguins hunter hodes joins me now hunter it's. Uh, it feels like we're starting to enter a brave new world here. It's Friday afternoon around 2 Eastern as we speak, as we're recording this, which means by the time people listen to it, who knows what the hell may have happened. We know Kasperi Kapanen's been placed on waivers. Uh, we don't know what else may be coming after that. It may simply be a paper maneuver to get Jan Ruda back on the roster. It may be so much more. There's no way of knowing right now at this point, but I guess I'll ask you, because you come from a younger generation who isn't familiar with watching the Penguins struggle. Um, are you feeling better or worse right now about the future of the Pittsburgh Penguins than, say, you were, I don't know, three or four years ago, when we could see that there were going to be troubles on the horizon just based on the age of this, of this uh, core, the stars? Um, do you feel better or worse about things right now than you did Say I don't know a year after the last cup run.
2: Philly, that's a good question. You know, Chris, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Um, I'd probably say worse right now because it didn't
2: need to be this way coming into the season. The management group did such a great job bringing back those core players, Gino and Latang. They make six million right now. Crosby's making eight point seven. You bring back Ricardo Kelly. You bring back Brian Rust. All very pretty solid contracts, but. After, every, after all that, they kind of just bungled the roster, and it feels like the window is closing a lot sooner than it probably should. The core is still kicking. Sidney Crosby is on pace for, I believe, 100 points this season. Evgeny Malkin is over a point per game. Chris Latang is, is playing much better since coming back from the stroke in late November. Ricard Raquel's been awesome. Jason Zucker's been great. But every, outside of that, everything else that could go wrong has gone wrong and you know a lot of the penguins struggles with the, some of the players on this roster they're all signed for next season that's that's the scary thing about that you and to get out of those contracts teams aren't just going to be like oh yeah let's we'll just take your cap hit no they're going to ask for draft picks you you all saw what happened with Nikita Zaitsev early, earlier this week the senators to get out of that really bad deal they had to send two picks to the Chicago Blackhawks those are the kind of Situations that Ron Hextall is probably going to have to do if he is still the GM this summer, which I don't think is going to be the case. I think he's probably going to be fired after the season is up. But right now, I'm feeling a bit worse because the front office really doesn't have any direction. I don't really trust them at all when it comes to roster evaluation and just roster management. It looks like I just got an email right before we went live that Hextall is actually going to speak to the media at 2:45 today for a pre-deadline press conference. So we'll have to see what he says there, but yeah, in terms of just the future, it's probably the lowest I've been. And I started following this team for those that don't know, just before SiF got here, I think it was like six or seven, you know, kind of like the mm-hmm. the Rico fada days when he was their best player. Um, but, yeah, man, just last night i I'm usually a very optimistic person. I kept saying, yeah, they're probably gonna buy a little bit before the deadline and stuff. Nah, I'm not there right now. I think I'm at the point where they should just punt this like the capitals are doing,
1: y- yeah, I, it felt like. Look, you know, I've been going back and forth with people and talking about this and and Hextall's job and whether he's around or not. It felt like if they could do a little bit more than getting that third line center that might help push them, not just into a first round, but maybe make a first round more competitive, right? If they could do a little bit more and pull off an upset in the first round, who knows? It didn't seem likely, certainly, but at least make the the maneuvers that gave you hope that the organization looked at that as a even minute possibility. Now, to your point, it it feels like it makes more sense that this thing should be punted on and that it should be more about building up for the 23-24 season uh, rather than uh, trying to build up for the stretch run this year. That being said, I think the greater concern is what about beyond 23-24 and to your point, who's calling the shots? Is it Ron Hextall? Is it Brian Burke? Who's deciding whether those two are still in their roles going forward? Is it uh, a random balance sheet? Is is it an algorithm on a balance sheet in Boston, in a back office somewhere? somewhere? Is Ben Affleck going to bust into Fenway Park and (laughs) steal that algorithm? Is this just a bad episode, or excuse me, a bad sequel to the town that I'm now talking about? It's all possible because we have no idea who in Boston is calling the shots around this team. Is it John Henry? Is he too busy trying to run Liverpool aground? Is he too busy uh, thinking about upgrades to Fenway Park? Yeah, he's there to take photos with Crosby and Malkin when they reach some milestones over the last couple of years. But who's going to call? I asked this question the other day, both on the air, on our show, and on the podcast, but I think it's a valuable question. Who's calling Ron Hextall on the carpet the day after this season is over and saying, you're done, we're going to find someone who can do better. Uh, We can't believe you've turned this thing into what you've turned it into. Is it Brian Burke? Okay, well, who's going to hold Brian Burke accountable then? Because he's a part of this as well. There is a huge question out there, Hunter, about who's really pulling the levers of power for this organization right now. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's you said it best, Chris. It really is a great question because I've never seen an ocean group honestly less involved when it comes to a team because. I don't know where John Henry is. I don't know where Tom Werner is. I've read from a couple uh, few websites that they have like a liaison here that watches the games. Does that person report back to Werner and John Henry or something? I don't know. If it were up to me, I'd clean out the front office right now. I don't think Brian. I don't even know what Brian Burke does. To be honest, Chris, just kind of is like a middleman to the ownership. I, I don't know. I don't even, you know, he's been upset at the games, but I think he just lets Ron Hextall do his job. I don't think he's ever pressuring him to make a move or anything. But you know, again, if I am the ownership, I am getting my own guys in there. I, I've read about this ownership group. They want the best of the best running their teams. They're heavily invested in analytics. I remember, I think there was this out there from The Athletic this last year. They asked Ron Hextall to write out his plan for the mm-hmm. next few years. And he's like, well, it's in my head. I, I can't articulate that. It's like, <laughs> That's the guy you want running your one of your teams. It's um, just very um, very odd to me. Um, I don't know where they are. I, I didn't. I don't think Ron Burkle and especially Mario Lemieux, who is obviously so beloved in this city, um, envisioned this was how it was going to go. When a they hired Hextall and Burke, and b when they sold this team, took the money and they're doing whatever they're doing right now. I don't know what Mario is doing. He's you know. just living living the dream or something like that, but. It would be nice if we got to hear what the new ownership group has in mind for this team. No one's ever released a statement. Don Henry and Tom Werner are rarely ever there. Um, Again, they have like a liaison that watches the games, but it's it's not good enough. I, I don't think if that ownership group was not running the team right now and it was Mario and Ron, I don't think this front office would be there right now.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's it's fair to point out that Mario and Ron Burkle did hire Burke and Hextall, yeah. but at the same time, they also, and look, this is part of the praise I, I, I gave for Jim Rutherford earlier in the week. They knew when to admit their mistakes, and that was one thing. They, yeah. would, they would make bold moves, uh, whether it was Mario and Burkle asking Jim Rutherford to make moves or Rutherford on behalf of them making bold moves. That team made bold moves but then owned those moves. And that's something that we haven't seen this group do, whether it's Fenway, whether it's Burke, whether it's Hextall, it's just a lot of like you talked about, well, we've got a plan. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I mean, imagine any other job in the world where you could say to your boss, don't worry about the plan. I got it worked. It's all up here in my noodle. Don't worry about it, boss. Um, You just, you can't get away with that. And so, you know, it's that may be the biggest shame of this whole thing is that not only has Fenway come in and and not necessarily given this thing, the oversight that was necessary to ensure Burke and Hextall got the job done correctly and pivoted away from their mistakes more quickly, but it's also led to an estrangement between Mario Lemieux and the organization. You know, they asked Mario Lemieux to just kind of stand by and be a figurehead and, and uh, you know, shake babies and kiss hands, so to speak. And instead, Mario says, well, no, I'm more important to this. I'm paraphrasing, but Mario says, I'm more important to this than that. I'm not just going to be a figurehead. Uh, And to your point, I think it's a great one. If Mario Lemieux were still around, this, I don't think, would be happening right now. I think we'd be at a point where mistakes would have been, at the very least, been owned by Burke and Hextall, if not the mistake of Burke and Hextall would have been moved on from altogether by Mario Lemieux and Penguins management. All right, all that said, we have what we have. As Mike Sullivan might say, our roster is our roster. So um, what what can they do to affect some level of change if we're punting on this season? And I tend to agree with you that that's got to be the plan. What's the plan for you going into the offseason? Because as much as I like, say, Jason Zucker and what he's provided this team, You know, a Jason Zucker, who's a free agent at the end of the season, might be able to go out and get paid. You might be able to move a Jason Zucker before the deadline, actually, and get something in return. Again, I hate the idea of moving on from Zucker. I'm just using him as an example here. But you're going to have to make painful moves, I guess, is my point, this offseason to try and get yourself back on track if you're remaining committed to 87, 71, and 58. So if you got to pick an uncomfortable move to make uh, this summer, what would it be for you, Hunter?
2: Yeah, Chris. I mean, I'm not sure how much they're going to sell at the deadline. You know, we're going to find that out probably about 30 minutes anyway. Zucker would be someone that they could sell at the deadline. He's having a good year. Mm -hmm. You could maybe get a prospect and a second for him. I don't know if you could get a first, but maybe a second and a prospect, something like that. Brian Dumoulin, Teddy Bluger. Other than that, though, they don't really have too many other options to sell right now. Tristan Jari, he has injury history. I don't really know what contender would want him to be honest. Cause I think they're all set at goalie uh, at goalie. But in terms of this summer, Chris, you know, I'm really looking at a good comparison and it's Washington. I, I think of the joke in me, you know, you and I are destined to do this together. And that's basically what they came up together and now they're going down together and Washington, they committed to selling a little bit yesterday. They're probably going to continue to do that going to the deadline this Friday and into the summer. And what they're going to do is take that cap flexibility and build a more competitive team around Alex Ovechkin going to try to get him one more cup and obviously have him bring the goal record. I think that's what the Penguins are going to do here. In terms of changes, again, if you if Zucker is off your payroll, that's 5.5 million. Tristan Jari, they're going to have to make a huge decision there. I'm very skeptical about paying him just because of his injury history and he hasn't really been that consistent at times. But they will have cap space this summer. if A lot of these guys walk, Chris, to go out there and make some strong additions to this team. They're not going to just blow it up this summer. They're going to, if they don't make the playoffs and it's looking like a distinct possibility right now, they're going to go out this summer and try to get right back on track and send this team to the playoffs next season, because, you know, missing the playoffs with this core and having at, at, at play, have them playing at this level. It's not an option. So I guess right now I, I'm really looking at it is Zucker in terms of a big change you know, it really stings because they don't have a lot of tradable assets on the team. That's the more and most unfortunate thing. I don't think they want to do futures. I saw this morning um, that they were looking at Jacob Trickren, Trickren, excuse me, and that's led to a whole, uh, I guess, how Rob was framing a little turmoil inside the Penguins locker room with Sullivan and Hextall disagreeing. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to say the least. I don't think any of the big core players are going anywhere this summer. You brought those guys back. They're going to stay. But it's obvious, Chris, that you got to change up the supporting cast in a big way. Um, yeah. This I, team wants to do anything, um, either this season, probably not, you probably should punt this season, but especially next season and beyond. You got to get back to the depth that we saw in 2016 17. And honestly, even after that, when they had, you know, Brandon Taneth, Evan Rodriguez, Jared McCann down, players like that in your bottom six that can really help out the stars when, you know, they're going through some slumps.
1: I had somebody, you bring up the Rob Rossi report that was in the Athletic on Friday morning. Um, I had somebody push back on that to me just a little bit, saying that there isn't necessarily a rift between Mike Sullivan and Ron Hextall. But I think when you look at the way Mike Sullivan has answered questions for the last few weeks, it's hard not to see a difference of opinion Mm -hmm. between how these two are viewing what they have. When when Mike Sullivan Thursday night after the Oilers loss says, our roster is our roster, (laughs) I mean, that is, is in and of itself passive-aggressively saying, what the hell do you want me to do with what I got here? I, yeah. I, I, I can't do anything with this bunch, at least not the bottom six. Now, he did backpedal just a little bit later and say, well, I believe the answers are in the room. But I, I think that's that's trying to toe a line so that you don't get called on the carpet by your boss necessarily. Um, he's, ha- he's had other comments earlier in the year about the third line in particular that make you wonder, uh, is he necessarily happy with what he's putting out there is he the one who's putting that lineup out there or is he being told no these guys have got to play no these guys have got to get this number of minutes Um, that would be wildly micromanaging uh, by Ron Hextall but again when you're a GM who sees that his decisions aren't necessarily working out is it a crazy thought that you might be dipping your toes into that end of the pool Uh, Before I let you run and go enjoy the weekend, although who knows how much we're going to enjoy it with a pair of back, you know, St. Louis, and then a back-to-back against Tampa. We know how back-to-backs go for this team, Hunter. Um, I'll put it to you. Uh, I asked Eric Tang Grady earlier. I gave my prediction. I think they will miss the playoffs. I do. Uh, Tango said he thinks they make it just because Sidney Crosby will throw the team on his back if he has to and drag them kicking and screaming into the playoffs. Um, I'm curious what your thought is. Does this team – make the playoffs and how does it affect them going into the off season?
2: I mean, if you would ask me this two weeks ago, I'd say they make it Mm -hmm. right now. I think they're, despite the games in hand, those haven't mean crap right now because they keep losing all of them. Right. I honestly think they're going to miss. And I'm usually again, a very optimistic person. I don't subscribe to a lot of the negativity that some people in this fan base view around, but right now with how this team is playing, if they don't really, do anything at the deadline if they sell off some assets even Chris or even if they bring in someone I don't really know how much that's going to affect um, things with just how bad this team is um, I think they miss and once that happens you're going to see a new front office coming. in. there's no chance Brian Burke and Ron Hextall will be in this front office if they miss the playoffs that's unacceptable they should have won that round against the Rangers last year if it wasn't for Louis Domingue with the goaltending but you know this is a step backwards. You committed to bring in the quarterback. You made moves to try and help them. They haven't worked out. Heck, Casper Captain was just placed on waivers, not even a year after you signed him to that ridiculous right. contract when nope, you had no reason to, because he wasn't good last year. That's just one of several moves that Hextall has really screwed up during his last year and a half, two years here. So how that affects them again. I think you see new management staff come in here that hopefully knows what it's doing, Chris and you know, Knows how to build a winner, and and on all that good stuff. You know, again, the Fenway Sports Group they usually go for the best of the best when it comes to who they want to manage their teams, and I think you're going to see that here in a big way this summer when they likely miss the playoffs. Though I will say I won't be surprised if they get in because if Sid and Gino and Letang do a Houdini act and get them in. I don't think anyone would be surprised, but I just don't
1: see it. No, you're right. It it wouldn't be surprising at all to see them sneak in. The only thing that would shock me at this point would be if they somehow win on some sort of run in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only unexpected thing at this point. Uh, Check out Locked On Penguins. Check out at Hunter Hodes on Twitter. That's where you'll get Hunter And certainly he's got the Locked on Penguins podcast for you a couple times a week. Look, we're all friends in the podcast space. You don't have to listen to just one. You can listen to all of us. And that's what we're doing here. A little Penguins podcast crossover. I'll be happy to hop on to Locked on Penguins whenever you can make the time, Hunter. Thanks for making the time for Fifth Avenue Face Off, uh, and all of our listeners as well. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend, man.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you.